2: On today's California Report magazine, difficult choices around motherhood. We'll meet a mom who made a career change her mother couldn't accept. I felt sad
3: and I felt mad and I felt embarrassed and I felt shame. I felt all those things at once.
2: And we'll hear from a mom who had faith in her child despite what the doctors said.
4: I really don't think anything would be wrong with him at all. I really think he's perfect. I think he's beautiful. Plus, a musical tribute to all the strong women,
2: mothers or not, who help kids grow. I felt around her this
5: sturdiness
2: like a pine tree. Just deep roots and unwavering. I'm Sasha Coca and it's a special Mother's Day edition of The California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Mama does love me.
5: Mama doesn't love me. Yeah, it's Mother's Day this weekend,
2: but lately my kids have been all about torturing me. Whenever I ask them to get their shoes on or stop hitting or scratching or biting each other, they sing this little song.
5: She is mean, she is bad,
2: she does it love. Me. Mothering can be really hard. Hey, no hitting. You guys are gonna be late, get your jacket on. It's exhausting being a mom juggling work and kids, but I have it easy. We're gonna hear a story now about a mom in Fresno who's really been struggling because her child was born with a disability she wasn't expecting. And as reporter Margaret Katcher tells us, she had to figure out a new way to parent.
6: When Shanae Fuller gave birth to her son, Jerry, she hardly got to see him. She didn't get to hold him. He was whisked away for emergency surgery at Valley Children's Hospital. After the surgery, it was hard to see Jerry under all the bandages and tubes and wires.
4: Everybody looked at me for my reaction and my opinion. My mom said she was afraid of what I was going to say and how I was going to handle it.
6: Seeing Jerry like that was scary, but mostly Shanae felt angry angry at God because Jerry wasn't healthy but really angry at the doctors and nurses. She was even mad at her relatives. No one had prepared her for this.
4: When I first seen him, his eyes was covered, his feet was covered, and his hands was covered. I took off the uh, the bandages on his feet, and I realized that his feet were different. His ears was different, and his eyes.
6: Sinead hadn't planned to have Jerry. She was living in Fresno and working in fast food with the hope of someday going to college, and she already had a 5-year-old daughter, who sat with us in the living room. While we talked, Shanae brushed and fixed her hair.
4: Now I'm 22, kind have another baby, you know. I work to talk about what are people going to think, you know. So I was disappointed them myself and my well-being and where I was at life.
6: Shanae had a boyfriend, and she was diligent about birth control. Every three months, she went to the OBGYN for an injection of Depo-Provera. It's extremely reliable and works more than 99% of the time. But Shanae was that one woman among hundreds who got pregnant anyway. That's why she ignored the pregnancy symptoms at first and why she didn't take any prenatal vitamins early on.
4: So I didn't know how to feel with this pregnancy. I didn't know if I was able to be happy or sad or mad or what. And it was just like, I was always worried about what people were gonna think.
6: But Shanae and her boyfriend embraced the pregnancy. They went together to get an ultrasound at 19 weeks, hoping to learn if it was a boy or girl. Her boyfriend made a video.
4: What, are you scared? Yes. The, Why? Because what if it's a boy? Well, it is a boy. Is it really?
6: Yes. But just a few yes. minutes later, the tone in the room changed.
4: Uh, there's a little uh,
2: thing coming off the bottom here. I'm going to get Dr. Woods to come look at that. I'm not sure if that's a spina bit of
6: Spina bifida literally means a split spine in Latin. That's what her baby had, a spinal cord defect. Depending on how severe it was, he could end up with developmental disabilities or even paralysis. The next thing Shanae knew, she was sitting in a counselor's office, listening to him explain... What was wrong with her baby boy?
4: I mean, all big words, I didn't understand. I needed him to dumb it down just a little bit for me. Didn't understand anything that he was talking about. So I was confused. And then from there, they told us that he wasn't going to make it.
6: That's what seemed to happen at every medical appointment. They spoke to her like she didn't want to know the details. But she did. She did learn that prenatal vitamins might have prevented the birth defect, but only if she had taken them in the first few weeks. Now, they couldn't guarantee anything. Shanae was against abortion. She was keeping the baby. But they kept telling her that she would be taking a chance.
4: And they kept telling me, appointment after appointment, they told us that he may not make it, he may die, he may not make it, he may die, he may not make it, he may die.
2: Every
6: appointment was like that. It was all grim warnings and low expectations. There was never any joy. Nobody told her, congratulations. Nobody told her how to get ready.
4: To hear that your unborn baby was going to die before he even made one day on this earth. So it was very hard. It was hard to be happy. Because every day that I wanted to be happy, I kept thinking, okay, maybe he's going to die today. Or maybe tomorrow. Maybe he's not going to make it.
6: But Jerry did make it. He was born in the spring in 2014. Shanae got just five minutes to pray with him, and then he was rushed across town for spinal surgery. He was only a few hours old.
4: They allowed me to see him from the the window. I seen the helicopter go away with him. I broke down crying. Everybody was at Valley Children's, and I was just stuck by myself, stressed and confused.
6: Jerry didn't come home for 12 days. Sinead had to figure out a new way to be a mom. It couldn't be about hugging him all day, kissing him all night, but it could be about fighting for him and with him.
4: Like I said, it's been hard, even to this day. Back and forth to Valley Children's, back and forth to appointments. Just, I mean, he has 14 doctors total. From a pediatrician to his uh, neurosurgeon to his plastic surgeon to his urologist.
6: At every appointment, Shanae asks lots of questions. She keeps a notebook and writes down every medical word she doesn't understand. Shanae realized that to be the best mom for Jerry, she had to be his advocate. But it wasn't easy. She was a young African-American woman without a college degree. She often felt like the medical system didn't want her input.
4: There's been plenty of times uh, where I felt as if we wasn't being respected or as if I was being um, mimicked or uh, made of as a joke to other um, people. They automatically assume I don't know um, or they don't expect me to know or the lack of, and then when I do know, then it's like, wow. But she kept
6: trying. She questioned doctors about whether he needed a certain surgery, she fought for Jerry to get his wheelchair and braces. She asked whether childcare workers were being too hard on him. And Jerry himself kept flying beyond everyone's expectations. Go. Ready?
1: Ready?
6: He is now four years old. He can crawl, and he's talking more than doctors ever predicted. And that sound you've been hearing behind Shanae. That's Jerry, listening to songs on her phone, jingles he plays over and over.
4: D. Two. dog Woof, woof, woof. E. 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 Elephant. Looking.
6: Shanae loves e. who Jerry has become, and she we. never questions his potential.
4: Outside looking in, I really don't think anything would be wrong with him. Um, At all. I really think he's perfect. I think he's beautiful.
6: Shanae says she used to be really impatient, even with her daughter. But Jerry has forced her to grow.
4: I don't know. He just changed me. He makes me feel so, like, I don't know, like all mushy inside.
6: Shanae says she'd love to find a job advocating for kids with special needs. But she can't go back to school right now. She and her boyfriend are expecting another baby, a boy. This time, she's taking all the prenatal vitamins, trying to do it right. But she says no matter what happens, she knows she'll be a good mom. For the California Report, I'm Margaret Catcher in Fresno.
2: All moms have dreams for their kids, that they'll get a good education, that they'll find love and hopefully choose a rewarding career. But sometimes when those kids grow up, they make job choices not everyone in the family is so thrilled about. Bradley Bermont brings us a story about one family struggling with this problem in Los Angeles. And in fact, it's such a sensitive subject for them, we can only use their first names. And just a note, some of the material in this story is not appropriate for kids.
0: Meet Grace Marie. I'm the goddess of
3: Los Angeles.
0: Before she was a goddess, she was a regular human who was raised by a single mom.
3: I am Pat. I am Grace Marie's mother.
0: Pat grew up in a devout Catholic family in the Midwest. Her uncle was a priest and a big influence in her life.
3: I really believed that everybody was just pretty good. I didn't really suspect any. uh, I didn't suspect people.
0: I was really naive. I can say that. Raising Grace alone was tough. When Grace was 17, she got pregnant and Pat was adamant that her daughter keep the baby. So, together they raised James. He's 19 now and very close to his mom. Hell yeah, she's one of the best moms I know.
3: She is a fantastic mother. When he was a little boy, she really had it together and she was wonderful.
0: And for 10 years, all three of them lived under one roof. Grace was a special ed preschool teacher until...
7: Let's keep it very real. I had a mountain of medical bills like that I was concerned with paying. And I wanted to pay those. And, you know, the school district was great, but they didn't uh, make me rich.
0: <laughs> so Grace made a career change. At the time, she was in an on-again, off-again relationship with this kinky artist who had a thing for licking boots. And that got her curious, leading Grace to an unfamiliar corner of a very familiar website.
7: There were people on Craigslist offering, like, 250 quote-unquote roses for foot worship.
0: Craigslist and has since gotten I rid of their personal section, but at that. the time, that's where she found this guy who was living nearby. I drove to his
7: house in my little Prius and my little mommobile. and then I got out and clip-clopped inside with my heels and shoved my foot down his throat. <laughs>
0: Grace became a dominatrix with a menu of services.
7: Spanking, adult baby scenes, caning, vlogging, things like that.
0: There's no traditional sex involved, though it's most certainly sex work. And she loved it.
7: The first time you get like $300 for an hour's worth of work, when you've been working like a $20 an hour job your entire life, it's kind of like a rush and suddenly you're like oh my god finally they're paying me what i'm worth i'm obviously a goddess you know clearly like this is it like i've arrived (laughs) so it's a big rush
0: but if grace felt like she had arrived pat felt like she needed deliverance
3: i felt sad and i felt mad and i felt embarrassed and i felt shame i felt all those things at once
0: and james well james didn't know he was 12 when she quit her job as a teacher, but he didn't know what she was doing for a living until a few years later.
7: And he found one of my floggers.
0: A flogger is a type of really short whip, but instead of one tail, it has a bunch of them.
7: And he asked me what, why I had it. It was like, why do you have this? And I said the same thing I said to him when he asked me if Santa Claus was real when he was four, which I said, do you want a story or do you want the truth?
0: When James heard the truth didn't actually bother him. She was always there for me when I needed her. I called her at 2 a.m. once because I needed to talk. The reason James was calling his mom? Well, they weren't living together anymore. When he was 14, Pat asked Grace to leave.
7: It was like non-negotiable. You have to go. If If you're choosing this, you're
0: out of here. Pat took over parent duty and vowed not to expose James to his mother's world. She kept racking her brain trying to understand why her daughter would choose this career.
3: I thought about emotional detachment. I thought about revenge on, uh, against men in general. I thought about the kinds of things that you think about that would go along with this control, always being in control, always being on the, the giving end of the pain instead of the receiving end.
0: Grace and I spent a lot of time together. I kept asking her, what would drive her to do this? Until finally, I brought up her childhood. And for the first time, I saw her get emotional.
7: It was difficult. Um, I don't know how to talk about that, actually. Actually, I really don't like to think about it because like, I don't think it defines me now. That's not my life now. I'm not the lowest lady on the totem pole anymore, you know?
0: Grace tells me when she was a child, she remembers being molested by babysitters twice. Once when she was only six.
7: And then that sort of shaped my worldview on like what love is.
0: Not every abuse survivor becomes a dominatrix. But for Grace, it helps her feel safe around men again. It helps her feel in control. It makes her feel like someone's there to take care of her. Someone who worships her. Like a goddess.
7: When a patron shows up on the first of the month with a stack of cash to show me that they want me to be safe with a roof over my head and with food in my fridge and with everything I need for the month, That helps.
3: That helps restore faith in human beings. And Pat? It took me a while to come to the fact that this wasn't about me or what I was feeling. This was about Grace. My love for Grace goes above any of the other emotions that I described. Pure love. I will do whatever it takes to help Grace be the best person she can be. End of story.
0: That's it. Finding a fulfilling career is hard for anyone. But getting your Catholic mom to accept you as a dominatrix? Grace and Pat found a way to make it work. And together they built a family for James where he can be supported by not just one mom, but two. Even if it took them a little while to get there. For The California Report, I'm Bradley Burmont in Los Angeles.
2: Bradley produced that story as part of an advanced reporting class at the USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. think about it, Mother's Day is really just a big thank you for reproducing. Thank you for having babies, or thank you for raising babies. Thanks for perpetuating the human race. It's unapologetically pro-babies. But on a planet with more than 7 billion people, it's unclear whether more, more, more is sustainable. That was on the mind of Carrie Feibel, KQED's health editor, when she started building her own family. And it didn't help that she was living at the time in the oil capital of the U.S. We moved to Northern California
8: right after President Trump got elected. After nine years in Texas, I was happy to swap heat and hurricanes for cool fog and wooded hills. It seemed like the perfect place to raise a family. As I drove west, I kept hearing Joni Mitchell's song California playing in my head.
4: All the California, California. I'm gonna see the folks I dig.
8: I was leaving I'll the fourth biggest city in the country, a city that runs on fossil fuels. The entire east side of Houston is mile upon mile of hulking refineries, storage tanks, and petrochemical plants, all bristling with pipes. Looming over all of it are flare stacks that belch flames or black smoke. Houston was constantly triggering my eco anxieties. I had always been worried about global warming. But not just global warming, all of it, the dying corals and the acid rain and the unknown species that were going extinct before we even discovered them. But Houston's where I met my husband Eric, and where we decided to start a family. Joni was born in 2012. It was mid-December, the last day of Hanukkah, and she was our healthy eight-pound present.
2: <gasps> yeah.
5: I can't tell girl. <laughs>
8: Joni nursed a little, and then she cried a lot. A nurse told me she was the loudest one on the floor. What did I expect, really, naming my daughter after Joni Mitchell? Just like her song, Twisted, we were in for a wild ride.
5: They say as a
8: child I appeared a little bit wild with all my crazy ideas. But I knew what was happening, I knew I was a genius. My husband, Eric, still looks back on those first few months with a little bit of fatherly PTSD. You know, I
1: mean just to get Joni to sleep was a ton of work. I mean I had to, you know, swaddle her super tight, I had to bounce her on a yoga ball for forty-five minutes to an hour.
8: Eric knew pretty early on that he would be totally fine if we were one and done.
1: I felt, you know, you don't you don't need ten kids to have the skin in the game, so to speak. You know, you just you just need one.
8: I was more conflicted though. I had always wanted kids, I thought. Kids plural. In this, I followed the crowd. Not many people say they want a kid. But now that I had a kid, I had to decide right away whether I wanted another. I was already 40, so I didn't have the luxury of time. And yet a second child also felt like a luxury that two journalists couldn't afford, not just in terms of money, but also freedom, energy, and creativity. I was also starting to doubt whether a second child was something the planet could handle. Given all those flare stacks, the hurricanes, the floods,
4: the paradise,
5: put up a parking lot With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot Don't it always seem to go...
8: Big Yellow Taxi was the first Joni Mitchell song I remember hearing back in the 70s when I was a little girl. I didn't really understand it, but I knew it was sad. Now I understood too much. I'd read books about the environment and about family size. I knew about the carbon footprint of us Americans. I really wanted to become a mom and to give my child the pleasures of an American childhood, the vacations, the birthday parties, the ice cream cones. But I also knew a second child meant double the consumption, double the emissions. And the studies show that no amount of recycling or bicycling, not even giving up meat, cars, and airplanes for the rest of my life, would ever be able to make up for it. I know a lot of people say that's not what having kids is about. It's not a cold cerebral calculation of environmental impact. It's about joy and family. And some argue having more kids could actually help the planet. More kids means more potential innovators who will grow up to maybe cure cancer or invent things to stop global warming. I hear that a lot in California. Innovation and technology will save us. I hope so. It's been over a year since we moved to Oakland. Joni is five now, and we're happy with just her. She has enough sides to her personality to be her own sibling. And just like me, she thinks about the big picture.
6: But when people did come, the dinosaurs were extinct because
5: they lived a very long time ago, right mommy? Mm
6: Mm-hmm. And scientists found their fossils And all their
8: sculptures and bones. It's a great reminder from my daughter Joni that all of us are just the briefest of blinks in the life of this planet. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Feibel.
2: Having a special day to celebrate moms sounds like a good idea, but it can also be an emotional minefield. If your mother has died or you have a bad relationship with your mom, Mother's Day can trigger all sorts of mixed feelings. And what about women who can't become mothers or who've chosen another path entirely, What about the stepmoms, the godmothers, the cool aunties, or other strong women who help raise kids? Well, here's a tribute to them from Bay Area musician Megan Keeley. It's a song about her Irish-American grandma, Marsha Montgomery, who she says tag-teamed with her Filipina-American mom to help teach Megan about being a powerful woman.
5: Marsha Montgomery was my grandmother on my dad's side. She was a Navy wife. Her husband was a naval aviator. Marsha Montgomery, what do you think of the choices I've made this year? While my grandmother was raising my dad and his two sisters, she learned how to fix everything around the house. She taught me how to fix a running toilet. <laughs> I'm trying to use my mind and my hand the way you always could. Clever fixes, practical decisions, honest and good. Are you still proud of me? She passed away on my 30th birthday a couple years ago. Throughout the following year, I would look to her for guidance anytime I was facing, you know, life's most challenging oh, events and transitions. There was a time when I thought you'd meet children I'll bear. But Marsh and Montgomery, now they will learn your ways through stories and jewelry I'll wear. I'm trying to learn from all my mistakes, the way I know growing and giving, learning and living solid as wood. That just sticks in my mind as an overall feeling that I felt around her, this sturdiness, deep roots and unwavering. how to keep it clear.
2: Megan Keeley's new album, Bloom, comes out later this month. It's a tribute to powerful women and to immigrants fighting to keep their families together. And that's the California Report Magazine. We're a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our director is Susie Racho. Our technical producer is Seal Muller. And we had additional engineering from Katie McMurrin and Howard Gelman. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. David Marks is our web producer. And Nadine Sabai is our intern. Special thanks this week goes to Sandy Tolan and Karen Lowe at USC. Our team also includes Carrie Feibel, Ingrid Becker, Ethan Lindsay, and and Holly Kernan. I'm Sasha Coca. Happy Mother's Day. This is the California Report Magazine. Your state, your stories. Support
8: for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. ArtistWorks. Jazz players can learn from internationally recognized artists Martin Taylor, John Petitucci, Peter Erskine, and more at artistworks.com jazz. And the California Healthcare Foundation, helping low-income Californians get the health care they need. On the web at chcf.org.
3: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air
4: podcast from WHYY and NPR.